Hello, and welcome to Tommy Media's The News Brief, a weekly podcast highlighting stories posted to TommyMedia.com from the previous week. I'm Sydney LaBelle with Mae McFarlane. This episode covers St. Thomas news stories from the week of March 11th through the 18th. St. Thomas President Julie Sullivan announced March 1st she'd be stepping down from her position, putting School of Law Dean Rob Vischer into the interim president role starting June 1st and igniting a nationwide search for a new head of the university. While St. Thomas's Board of Trustees will begin a private search that is expected to take an entire academic year, Fisher will step into Sullivan's role of leading the university. The dean, who has been at St. Thomas for 17 years, said he is excited to be part of the transition. Quote, it's a tremendous honor and tremendous affirmation to be trusted with this role for the transition period, Fisher said. Quote, I really believe that the mission of St. Thomas is needed in the world now more than ever, so the opportunity to help lead the institution forward is a blessing to be put in that position, end quote. March 11th. A 19-year-old suffered a gunshot wound to the leg early Friday morning while at Plum's Neighborhood Grill and Bar, according to the St. Paul Police Department. St. Paul Police said they responded to a report of shots fired at the bar located on the corner of Randolph and Snelling Avenues at around 12.30 a.m., where they found a man lying on the sidewalk outside of the bar. The bar is a hangout for local college students, including St. Thomas. On March 11th, St. Thomas launched its most recent installment of the 2025 Strategic Plan on February 2nd, the Truth, Racial Healing, and Transformation Campus Center. Ka Yang, Associate Vice President for the Inclusive Excellence Office for Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion, said the TRHT Campus Center focuses on strategic plans of fostering belonging and dismantling racism. Quote, the center will help amplify the community building towards that culture of inclusion on campus, Yang said. March 15th, St. Thomas's Luann Drummer Center for Women hosted Leslie Jamison, an acclaimed author and novelist, on March 8th. Jamison conducted a writing workshop with a small number of St. Thomas students and gave a lecture to community members titled, quote, Taking Care, Nostalgia, Caregiving, and Women After the Pandemic, end quote, which focused on COVID-19 and how it affected women. Jamison said, quote, When I think about women in the pandemic, I think about how gender roles and the unequal distribution of domestic work have become more visible during the pandemic. It isn't a problem we've solved. It's something we carry with us. It's something we keep reckoning with, end quote. On March 16th, shredded documents caught fire in the back of a document destruction service six-wheel truck Wednesday in the O'Shaughnessy Education Center parking lot in front of Fry Hall. The smell of smoke filled the air as two St. Paul fire trucks arrived on the scene. When the firefighters opened the rear door to the shred right vehicle, a large cloud of smoke exited the back along with scraps of shredded documents. On March 16, 2020, all St. Thomas classes moved online for the remainder of the spring semester due to the emerging COVID-19 pandemic. Two years later, St. Thomas's University Action and Response Team is still navigating a pandemic that emptied campus, introducing mass mandates, and created a shift towards online learning. On March 18th, the World Press Institute will resume its 57th Annual Journalism Fellowship Program, which will house journalists at St. Thomas for three weeks before the fellows travel around the United States ending May 21st. The Institute released the names of nine journalists on November 4th, 
The 2022 WPI Fellows come from all over the world. Argentina, Bangladesh, Bulgaria, China, Finland, Germany, India, Iran, and Nigeria. Quote, the idea behind it is still the same. It was to bring these energetic journalists over here to expose them to what a vibrant free press is like, end quote. WPI Executive Director David McDonald said. Now for updates on the conflict in Ukraine from the Associated Press. March 16th, Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky cited Pearl Harbor and the September 11th terror attacks on Wednesday as he appealed to the U.S. Congress to do more to help Ukraine's fight against Russia, but acknowledged the no-fly zone he has sought to, quote, close the sky, end quote, over his country may not happen. Live-streamed into the Capitol complex, Zelensky said the U.S. must sanction Russian lawmakers to block imports. He showed a packed auditorium of lawmakers a graphic video of the destruction and devastation his country has suffered in the war. Along with the heartbreaking scenes of civilian casualties, Zelensky said, quote, We need you right now. I call on you to do more, end quote. In urging a steeper economic hit to the Russians, he also said, quote, Peace is more important than income. On March 14th, Brent Renault, an acclaimed filmmaker who traveled to some of the darkest and most dangerous corners of the world for documentaries that transported audiences to little-known places of suffering, died Sunday after Russian forces opened fire on his vehicle in Ukraine. The 50-year-old Little Rock, Arkansas native was gathering material for a report about refugees when his vehicle hit a checkpoint in Irpin, just outside of Ukrainian capital, Kiev. Ukraine's interior ministry said the area has sustained intense shelling by Russian forces in recent days. Renault was one of the most respected independent producers of his era, said Chris Putzi, a filmmaker and close friend who has received a text from Renault just three days before his death. Renault and Putzi won a 2013 Alfred I. DuPont Columbia University Journalism Award for Arming the Mexican Cartels, a documentary on how guns trafficked from the United States fueled rampant drug gang violence. March 18th, the House voted overwhelmingly Thursday to suspend normal trade relations with Russia and Belarus, preparing for President Joe Biden to enact higher tariffs on more products and further weaken the Russian economy in response to its military assault on Ukraine. The U.S. has already taken steps to shut off the importation of Russian oil, liquefied natural gas, seafood, alcohol, and diamonds. The vote on Thursday sets the stage for making it more expensive to import certain steel, aluminum, and plywood items, among other goods. Check out all these stories and more on TommyMedia.com. I'm Mae McFarlane with Sydney LaBelle. Thank you for joining us this week on Tommy Media's The News Brief.